Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Episode 123 or As easy as a B D. Something. I, I, we don't. We don't want to get uh, struck for copyright because you know, quoting that famous song by that. Uh, guy. A, B, D, easy as three, two, one, <laughs> all simple as uh, something, 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 baby, you and me, something. Yeah, yeah that, that's that's. You it. guys know that one. Yeah, you you all know that that gem. Uh, welcome back, everyone, to the Stanley yeah, Brothers Show. Um, I just want to say to you, my brother Jacob. Um, that I fully support your decision to nuke your social medias. Yes. Um, I'm in full support of that. I listened to your uh, show on Friday. And whatever small part I played in that because of my anti-social media rants that we've that you've had to endure recently, I will take any and all credit I can. Um, you know what? I'm going to take credit for it. Uh, you're welcome <laughs> for uh, in pushing you over the ledge of just getting rid of that nonsense that is the social media. So you're welcome, Jacob. Y O U R, welcome. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, uh, but yeah, um, I forget. Um, stop me if I'm wrong, but did you get into the new job and everything? No, not yet. Okay, whatever. Um, but yeah, so cool. Okay. Um, where, 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 do we, where do we want to start? Do we want to do Kyle Rittenhouse? Do we want to do COVID? Do we want to do gas prices? What do we want to do? Yes. That's not an answer. Joe, how was your week? My week was great. Uh, it's It started off pretty groovy this week already because the weather is cold. I hate hot weather. And the fact that, that it, ha- that it has cold been weather. cold uh, these last couple days has been awesome. It's been just great. Uh, uh, the lightning beat Carolina in the uh, in overtime. Woo! So no, that they beat Florida in overtime. I'm sorry, uh, Panthers. I'm sorry for Panthers, uh, which was groovy. They beat them Sunday night. Heck yeah! Uh, they did. S- sorry, Saturday night. But yeah, that's great. Um, any other small banter you want to? I hate cold weather. Nothing is worse than having to get up early in the morning, like I do for my job, and <clears throat> you feel like you're going to um, lose your, all, all of your extremities. As you're trying to walk out to your car, and as you have to grip that cold leather steering wheel, I, I like I feel like I need driving gloves sometimes, even though I have an indoor car or a a covered car, I should say. Driving gloves. It's freezing. I have a look. I have a ski coat that I wear out to my car because it's because it's not warmed up. Jacob, it's not. It's that like cold. thirty something degrees outside. I hate the cold weather. You're just weak. That's what it is. It can go die for all I care. Well, anyway, you're just weak. It's whatever. Um, but no. So I, I'm just so happy that it's we're in that time of year where it's where we come through fall. We're going into winter. Thanksgiving, Christmas is all coming up. I'm so excited for that. Um, I think it was Dr. Fauci had said something about how people that are vaccinated can feel easy about going to Thanksgiving, something like that. And I said, I feel easy either way. It's going to be a real easy drive to uh, up north. So I don't really feel how whatever and if you're still listening to him about whatever you know whatever we've been over that but anyway i I think if you're still listening to him at this point if you're still 
uh, waiting on this man's um, every word. I think that you're gone. And I don't think that we're talking to you um, whenever we whenever this show. I don't, I don't think that this show is directed towards you. And if you're still listening to this program and you still are waiting on the, <laughs> uh, the whims of Dr. Fauci, boy, you have been through a lot. Right. So we're going to talk about the vaccine, I, I guess, will say, in a little um, bit. For some scheduling notes, there'll probably only be one show next week. Because Thanksgiving, so it'll probably that, be the Monday show. Thought, you know, it's the week after. No, it's next week, dude. Is it really? Thanksgiving is next week. Oh, shut up. Shut my mouth. Yeah, so probably only one, one episode next week, and the week after that, I don't know what that's going to look like. Because the following week, we leave You know what? For... After consulting the uh, calendar, you're right. Because after that, we leave to go out of town. We're going to um, Florida for a week, so maybe there won't be a show for that whole first two weeks of December. So it looks like I'll do one Friday and then Monday, and then we'll 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 see what it looks like. Um, I'm gonna keep the Substack up to date, so I'm gonna just kind of talk about what we're doing, and um, if there's anything big that happens, I'll be sure to comment on it. Um, and then we'll go from there. But as far as the podcast, there's probably not gonna be one. Okay. So. Um, do you want to jump into it? Yeah. Okay. So. Uh, like Jacob said on Friday, I've been watching a lot, probably too much, of this Kyle Rittenhouse trial. And today there was some big news as far as the trial goes, because today uh, they're going into closing uh, arguments, statements. I don't know which ones they call them, but I hear, I hear it's arguments, I hear it's statements. The TV lawyers say it's arguments. The TV uh, real lawyers say it's statements, so who knows? I don't know. But they're going into closing. So this trial is officially wrapping up. This two-week marathon that I've been on the edge of my seat for uh, is finally coming to a close. So today, in the final argument, statements, whatever you want to call them, uh, the prosecution goes first. And, oh my God, oh my goodness, I cannot believe the level of insanity that was spewed from his mouth. I'm talking about Thomas Banger, the... uh, Binger. uh, Binger, Banger, whatever his name is. uh, The prosecution from this from the the state of Wisconsin um utter complete nonsense just flat out lies first of all nowhere in his original opening argument statement whatever you want to call, call it the opening the case when they officially kick this thing off did he ever talk about provocation did he ever say anything about how Kyle provoked the attacks uh the or the the shootings that happened that night in August 25th he did not mention that at all. So he decides he's going to bring it up now? Dude, you've had two weeks of court, of this whole trial, to bring up provocation. You're bringing it up now? Or maybe is it the fact that you have nothing else? So, he's trying to prove, or trying to convince the jury, that Kyle provoked the attack from Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, Jump Kick Man, and uh, uh, Gage Grossquats. Gross quits, whatever his name, <laughs> whatever his name is. How do you how do you pronounce his last name? I think everybody I think everybody says it differently in, in any given time, but whatever. Uh, he provoked those attacks by being there, by having a gun, by the fact that he was out there helping people. No, Kyle did not provoke any of these attacks. If anyone provoked the attack against Kyle, it was Joseph Rosenbaum. That pervert who was just released from a from a mental hospital who we don't know if he's been on his drugs uh his medication there's there's evidence or there's claims that he hasn't been on his medication who knows and who twice 
twice was said, I'm going to effing kill you. I'm going to cut your heart out. If I get you alone, I will kill you. So if anyone provoked the attacks, it was Rosenbaum. And the, 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 the prosecution's smoking gun was this, so, was this blurry video proving that Kyle raised his gun before he, the encounter with Rosenbaum. You can't see anything. Now, the defense said, well, we can't have the pinch and zoom on this particular piece of evidence because of the algorithm and the pixels might change something, which there may or may, or may not be true to that. That is leaps and bounds above my expertise when it comes to technology. The, the, the extent of my knowledge is how to turn a TV on, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> um, so the, so the, but the evidence got admitted as, well, we'll just show the picture. Well, I've looked at the picture. I've looked at the video. I've done it all. I cannot clearly see anything in that picture or in that video. The judge came down from the bench onto the floor to look at it at the TV, and he couldn't see anything either. Now, there's, there's some people out there saying that this evidence was fake. It's doctored. Who knows? I don't know. If, if, it's any, if the judge is saying that he doesn't believe that the, that the prosecution is acting on good faith, which he says they weren't, then I am, I'm not going to believe, I'm not going to take the, defense, the prosecution's word for it. So their smoking gun is that, well, Kyle didn't drop, he, you know, he didn't uh, place the fire extinguisher down and then raise his rifle at Rosenbaum. You can't see anything in that. So that gets blown out because, well, you can't prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that he did that, that he raised his gun at Joseph Rosenbaum before the, before the incident. They were saying that he should have retreated, that he should have announced his intention. I'm sorry, <laughs> but if someone points a gun at you and you're still charging after them, if you haven't gotten the message by now, I don't know, what, I don't know when you are. What, what's Kyle supposed to do? I have a gun, I will shoot you? Well, he's pointing a gun at you. The intention's pretty clear. So Rosenbaum is chasing him. Kyle turns around for a moment, points his gun at him, sees that he's still charging at him, and then turns and runs away. Kyle gets cornered between some cars, and he turns around, and Rosenbaum is still chasing him. He's going to grab his gun, and that's when he decides to shoot and neutralize the threat. Binger's saying, well, you should have kept running. You should have announced yourself. The duty to retreat law, which there is no such law in Wisconsin, lies. Utter lies, mischaracterization, trying to uh, sway the jury into just just outside, out, just falsehoods, just lies. Then we get to the point, we get to event two in the road when Kyle's trying to turn himself into the police. He's running down the road. Binger, the prosecution is saying, well... Everyone in that crowd had the right to stop who they thought was an active shooter. Because, as we all know, Kyle Rittenhouse was the only one that killed anybody that night. Now, is it possible if there was, if it was truly an active shooter situation, like if someone just waltzed into Walmart and started mowing down old people, yeah, yeah, you have every right to pick up a brick and, and put that guy's face into the linoleum floor. You have every right to do that. But that's not what happened here. Kyle was attacked. Nobody knew what was going on. The mob was after him. People were shouting, get him, kill him, get him. You had people chasing him after, you had people chasing after him with a skateboard, with a Glock, a handgun, with, con with you know, big rocks of concrete they were going to throw at him. 
So the, the mob eventually catches up with him, and as the prosecution says, well, they were just trying to stop an active shooter. Again, wrong. That's not what happened. We all know this. But he was trying to say that the only person there who was able... It's, he said it's not true the only person who was, had the right to self-defense was Kyle. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, the people at that point uh, had never been attacked or been threatened by Kyle. None of them. It wasn't until he was hit in the back of the head with a piece of concrete that knocked his hat off. It wasn't until he got kicked in the face. It wasn't until he got hit over the head with a skateboard that he returned and retaliated or he defended himself. It wasn't until he saw someone with a gun pointed at his head, loaded, that he took that guy's bicep off, who, after he neutralized that threat, didn't shoot again because he knew that he had neutralized that threat. It is textbook, from what I understand, from everything that I have read, from everything that I've seen that I've watched, self-defense. This is not a case of a guy who just shot up a school. He shot someone. He defended himself because he was being attacked. Two people grabbed his gun or tried to grab his gun. What are you supposed to do, prosecution, when someone grabs your gun and they mean you ill? They mean you harm? What are you supposed to do? Just let them have it? No, you defend yourself. You defend your property that is on you. And this this really just pissed me off beyond all belief because you can just tell that this guy has no idea, has has never handed a firearm, has never taken a firearms course. You know what he said? He said Kyle Rittenhouse should have taken a warning shot. Where have we heard this one before? Where, where no, now we where have heard? we heard this one before? I, I remember it was when that um that 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 case where the officer shot the girl who had the knife. And she she was going to stab going that. to stab someone else. Well, he should have fired a warning shot. He should have shot the knife out of her hand. Which is also nonsense. Ill- which is also illegal. It's, it's illegal to fire a, a, a weapon into the air. And nonsense. Basically everywhere. You want to talk about reckless endangerment, which they're trying to charge Kyle with? Shooting around into the air or into the ground is reckless endangerment. You do not do that at all. Any, any weapons train will tell you, you do not fire a warning shot. Why? Because you're liable where that shot goes. So the idea that he should have fired a warning shot, what planet are you living on? No, you do not do that. Police officers don't do that. The military might do it, but that's separate. That's a, the, the battlefield is different. You do not do that. Any firearms expert will tell you, anyone that's loosely associated with firearms will tell you, you do not fire a warning shot. That is stupid. That is idiotic. That is just flat-out dumb. And for him to even mention it just shows just how desperate he is and shows just how detached from reality the prosecutor is. Should have fired a warning shot. I, 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 I about really fell out of my golf cart when I heard that. It was so stupid. And then... The, then the prosecution also said this. You forfeit or you lose your right to self-defense when you bring a gun. I'm sorry, prosecution. The whole reason why you carry a gun, either a concealed carry or open carry, is to defend yourself. That's the whole point. Again, what planet are you on? That's the whole point of it. You don't lose your right of self-defense. When you carry a gun, that's the whole point of carrying a gun, is to defend yourself. Again, I about fell over when I heard that because it was so stupid. I mean, come on. 
Can you believe this, Jacob? Can you believe that anyone would ever say it. that? I can believe it. It's like, I've heard all these arguments before. Of course I can believe it. Um, my, my favorite was I'm seeing everywhere that, you know, he had the intent to go out there and kill people, which is crazy because uh, having... Ha- Bro, bro, control your volume on your on your computer. What I find is funny is that how they said that he crossed state lines with the intent to murder and the intent to kill, and he's a you know a bloodthirsty murderer. But all the people that he uh, shot and killed were trying to hurt him. So whenever you're in a crowd of people and you have a uh, let's just assume that his that his AR-15 was fully loaded, which you can have 31 plus one and 30 plus one. Sorry, sorry, sorry. 30 plus one you can have. Um, the fact that he was surrounded by people and had every opportunity to just open fire if he had the intent to go through to go over there and start mowing people down. Yeah, they had every uh, every every opportunity, but he didn't because maybe <laughs> maybe because he uh, uh, didn't have that intent. Maybe he was there solely for the purpose that he said he was there for, and he only retaliated whenever. Um, provoked whenever violence was initiated upon him possibly that's just that's just that's just my hypothesis i think it is they they counted i think he fired something like eight shots he fired eight rounds that's actual evidence in the court then you have pundits saying that he fired over 30 rounds that he emptied a magazine on these people absolute utter lies where's the magazine at utter lies There's also some good news, though. Is that this morning, as I was watching this, uh, the defense brought up the issue of the gun charge. I think it was uh, count six that he was underage and that he possessed an unlawful firearm. Which, again, if you read the statute, if you look at it, he's fully within compliance of the statute. So they're going over it again, and the issue comes up. the pr- The prosecution saying, "Well, the gun is is uh is too the rifle's too long." Again, lies. So the the prosecution wanted the jury to measure the weapon with, I guess, without a tape measure or without a ruler, and the judge was like, no one's going to be able to do Everyone said, no one's going to be able to do that. And so the judge asked if the, if the gun was in the room. They looked at it. They determined that it was within the legal uh, realms as being an actual legal firearm, and the judge dismissed the gun charge. He can no longer be convicted of that. That's... That's it was a beautiful moment. I almost started crying. It was such a beautiful moment. And then earlier, the judge had also dismissed the curfew violation. So this proves that not only did he have a right to be there, because again, the curfew violation dismissed, he also had a right had every right to have that gun on him. Which also just proves yet again why no one stopped him prior to the shootings. Because they all knew that he was in complying with the law. And this was such a beautiful moment. Because all the Twitter law pundits on the Tweety and on the um, and on the YouTube and everywhere, go eat it. Just stuff it down your face that you were wrong about, oh, carried a gun across state lines, even though the gun never went to Illinois, it always stayed in Wisconsin. Proved yet again that they all lied or didn't even have didn't care enough to look into the evidence. He had every right to have that gun. Go just I just I, I have so much not hate. But just like, ah, uh, 
it just bugs me so much that these people can get away with these lies. And even when they're proven wrong, it's still, oh, well, he's still a teen vigilante, whatever. He's still an active shooter. Yeah, they go back to crossing state lines. and Even though, even though he, never, you know, he never carried the gun across state lines. No, but it, it, it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter if he, w- if he lived the, uh, in a, you know, two states over. Carrying a, gun, carrying a gun across state lines is not necessarily a crime. It's not. And it, it just it was such a beautiful moment this morning to see all of these people say, have to eat it, um, which to me, just just so beautiful. So uh, right now, the, the defense is giving their closing argument statement, whatever you want to call it. Um, and the uh, the defense is coming out with with both both barrels blazing, baby, just refuting the utter lies and nonsense that about that night. And um, I forget exactly what. The defense said, but there was a couple of good ones, and I'm sure after this is all over, uh, assuming that Kyle's acquitted, that we'll have a big party for him. Um, but you know, there's this case is so much bigger than just Kyle himself. This this what's also on trial here is a self defense um, as a right, because if if this case uh, if Kyle is found guilty, then self defense basically kind of goes out the window because this could be any one of us. If we're being honest here, anyone that who uh, carries concealed or open carry it doesn't matter where you are, or where you're going, or what or what's being or, what the, or the place you're going, what has taken uh, taken place prior to this event. Like if you went to the Jacob Blake or the Mike Brown or the uh, the protester rallies, whatever, um, I would not advise you to go out during a uh, a protest riot, whatever. I don't think it's a great idea. But I also understand at the same time that if you see your city being destroyed, if you see businesses being burned down, car lots being set on fire, you ha- I, can, I can understand why you would want to go out and potentially stop that. Or I can understand if you're like someone like Kyle who wants to go out just to help people with first aid and put out fires, I can understand that. But if anyone ever finds themselves in a situation where they have to defend themselves because they conceal carry or open carry... Um, this this case really means a lot because we'll have precedent for actual self defense claims being thrown out the window because because the jury didn't want to didn't want to face the consequences from the riot because I know the national guard's being called up but Kyle Rittenhouse could be any one of us who who concealed carries open carries whoever has to act in the self defense God forbid that anyone has ever put in that situation where they have to take the life of another in their self-defense. I mean, it's it's a tragedy no, no matter how you look at it. I mean, Kyle is still dealing with the PTSD. I know there's uh, been veterans who have said that, you know, this this looks like what I deal with. <laughs> Shane Hazel has said that. Yeah. I mean, for three <clears throat> weeks he was throwing up because he was so distressed with what he had to do that night. Kyle's life has forever changed in a, in a negative way because of this. Whether he goes to jail or he doesn't, his life will never be the same. He will never be able to have a normal-ish life, whatever normal looks like, because of this. And, you know, this people might take this the wrong way, but I think that this Kitchener had to pay for a beer the rest of his life. Because what he had to go through, what he's been put through afterwards, is just been hell. Because this case should have been dismissed from the get-go immediately by the judge but it's also funny is that someone like me who sees this judge as being totally fair 
who's not on one side or the other. He's just trying to be fair and neutral as much as possible. It's interesting to see the other side of it. It's because people on the other side are saying, oh, well, I think it was David Axelfrod, I mean Axelrod, um, had said that uh, he called out the uh, the judge as being the defense defense witness or the de, de facto defense attorney from the bench. Uh, no, David Axelfrod, this is what a neutral, fair judge looks like. Yes, he yes he might be a little biased one way or the other, but he's trying his best to let the jury decide. The judge has said multiple times that this case is not my case. It belongs to the jury. They are the ones who decide this, not me. I'm more or less a referee in this. I'm more or less protecting the rights, as was infringed by the prosecution. I'm here to protect the rights to interpret the law to be the who has the final say in this. Because what they hate more than anything is a judge who's fair, who knows the law, and is trying his best to be impartial. That's what they hate the most, because they, they want nothing more than to see this kid thrown away for the rest of his life, because whatever. Because you, you, you t- take your pick of the things they've accused him of. So, I, I mean... <laughs> The judge has been said some things about, you know, when they ordered the Asian food, and he said, I hope it wasn't held up at the at the port because of all the yeah. ships overseas. <laughs> or, when he, or when he was ordering cookies, and you're just like, this is the most based judge ever. Yeah, or there cookies. was, or the fact that his ringtone on his phone is the that Lee Greenwood song, Proud, to be, an Proud American. to be an American. Yeah, They say that the judge is, uh, is based, or is uh, based, the judge and is uh, partial, biased. Biased. Towards... Is biased because of his ringtone. Or the fact on Veterans Day when he wore an American flag tie the fact that he was wearing that means that he that he's uh oh yeah he's he's biased he's biased because he works for the state definitely biased yep yeah and it's also funny too is that the day of right before they got started the defense uh witness who was going over some of the video uh to my knowledge was the only veteran in the room <laughs> and so the defense witness got an, a standing ovation from everyone in the room <laughs> Um, but no, so, I mean, uh, that's what people were saying is that the, they said the judge was racist or he was biased because of his comments on the Asian food thing, which whatever. <laughs> then his cell, his ringtone on his cell phone was that Lee Greenwood song. He's biased because of that. No, you're, you're, you're upset because he's not on your side. Yeah. That's what it is. And if I was, if I was ever caught in a situation like, oh, I would want this judge as, as to preside over my case because he's fair. Um, he also said something too, because of the evidence that was admitted that was a little shaky that he said he feels uneasy about. That uh, if they try something like that again, or if it gets back to that evidence, he said their case will fall. The prosecution's case will fall like a house of cards. So I don't know what that means. I think he might be doing a Trump where he leaves you in suspense kind of thing, but um, we'll see. Do you think after the judge acquits Kyle that he's going to be like, "Hey, Kyle"? What's your gamer tag for Xbox? You playing <laughs> later on? You want to play? You want some Call of Duty? Want to play Call you know, of Duty Domination? Come on, let's go. I don't know what's worse, the uh, fire a warning shot or the fact that he tried to tie in violent video games as the reason why Kyle did this. I don't yeah, know what's worse. So I, I've seen the violent, I've seen the uh, the uh, warning shot stuff on Twitter today. I saw that. That was pretty good. I, I liked that one. That, that was... I. I like it because they still think it's like a, it's a valid point. 
So and what I what I love is so there's a photo that's been going around Twitter around the internet of the path or the where Kyle lives to where he was where the where the incident happened and it's like 30 minutes and every time that there's a there's a a, a post about um driving across state lines they always tag that and put it in, and put it put in the comments <laughs> it's like yeah okay drove across state lines all, all right <laughs> oh, oh, okay <laughs> whatever that's like i'd be like living in uh in uh brooklyn and then saying you drove across state lines to new jersey oh okay Oh, okay. All right. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, it's. Are so... you living? Are you living? You know, Virginia, but you drive into DC. Yeah, you drive across state lines. Yeah. It's such a. It's it's one of those buzzwords that it's lost all meaning. I'm sorry, you live in Maryland. You drive it. They've said it so much that I think isn't there a supercut of Anna Kasparian and a bunch of all the oh, people yeah, yeah, saying yeah. saying drove across state lines. Drove well, across well, state you know, lines. I will give her credit because she has since said that she was wrong about the whole cross the state lines thing. Which you know, good for her. She admitted she was wrong. She apologized. Good for her because she got it wrong. That she made it right. Good for her. Um, but there's still other people that have uh, that are still saying this kind of crap. And some of the the media, not just the pundits, but you see athletes. I know you talked about Le- Le- LeBron James. Yeah. Um, for someone who I already didn't like. Uh, I now dislike even more. What a garbage, garbage human being LeBron James is. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I cannot see how you j- can e- can still justify um, liking someone like that. You don't have to hate him. I don't think hate's wrong. I don't think hate's right. But why you would still say, you know what, he might be a good... No, he's a garbage human being. Um, I have never liked LeBron James. I think he is a stuck-up uh, fool who speaks before he thinks, and I'm, I'm a, I, you could accuse me that too, but whatever. Uh, it's a lot different when you have tens of millions of followers on your Tweety and you and you um, uh, push lies about how Kyle never cried or that he you know, ate a lemon drop or whatever. It's just utter nonsense. Kyle yeah. was crying on the stand. Yes, he was having a panic attack or uh, a PTSD you know, in, episode. Um, so, you know, go screw LeBron James, like, seriously. And then you see what's going on with Fox News. Now, I have never been a fan of Fox News, I don't think since, like, ever. Um, I I don't watch Fox News. Um, occasionally, I might watch Tucker, or I might watch, um, oh, they don't have Red Eye anymore. No. Um, but I might watch... I'll watch Kennedy. Uh, well, I'll watch Kennedy when she has on, like, our president, Jeff Dice, or she has on Dave, or Scott, or whoever. I'll watch it then. Uh, I might even watch Gutfeld every once a year. Um, but so I've never, I've never liked Fox News, and quite surprised, quite uh, this doesn't really surprise me a whole lot because that uh, news site has just gone downhill ever since Trump left office, like real fast. Even before Trump left office, they were kind of going downhill too. Not because they weren't pro-Trump, but just because they're changing because they're going left. Um, which I think you could, everyone could see that happening because, you know, you got to pivot. But anyway, uh, so last night I'm just trolling through, uh, trying to find information, a commentary on the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. I came across this one, and it's not – it's the guy that it's – the, it's the younger version of Chris Wallace. <laughs> the younger version of Chris. Uh, I can't remember. I can't, honestly, I cannot remember his name, the host. But he had on some attorney, lawyer, whatever guy – and he was saying how 
uh, Kyle went out there with the intention to kill people and how he, you know, he thought his self-claim, self-defense claim was just utter nonsense. I'm like, where is this coming from? I, I thought Fox News was supposed to be, you know, his, uh, pretty favorable to him. Uh, to at least my original thought was they would be a little more favorable towards towards him because the day because the the day pre the day uh, the day prior to this I had seen a little bit of Hannity and he was running a pro Kyle Rittenhouse show and I thought okay well maybe Fox News is a little is a little more right you know I don't use right like political mean but right on this case. And then I see this, and I'm like, where, where is this coming from? And then I see, what's her face? Um, I can't remember her name. I have to look, the, look, the, look at the headline. Uh, Nancy Grace. Do you know who that is? Yeah, she's. Um... I don't know who. I don't know who that is. Yeah, she, she has that show on Fox Nation or whatever. But what? But regardless of who she is, she says that uh, Kyle Rittenhouse was a teen vigilante who gunned down three people. Did you watch the same thing I watched, or I'm very I, I don't know. I don't know what case you guys are watching. I don't know what. What are you guys watching? Because I would assume that you've watched a little bit of it. So the, to the other lawyer guy who said that, and to Nancy Grace, like, what are you watching? Are we watching the same thing? Yeah, there's a there's a thing. So I'll make sure I give you the article because Glenn Greenwald wrote a, a post about this, and he said that all of the big major liberal pundits whether it be Anna Kasparian or Chris Hayes they're all having to come out and say I, I was wrong and, it, and even Chris Hayes had to admit that he says he's probably got to get an acquittal even, Chris Hayes had to come out and say that so yeah based on what I saw he's probably going to get acquitted on this so I, I just don't know what they're watching or what or what they have seen maybe maybe I'm too I'm too deep into this because I'm so pro Kyle Rittenhouse I'm so pro self defense that um maybe I'm too biased. Maybe, maybe. Uh I try to look at it from the other side, but again, it, when I try to do that, the arguments always just fall apart because there isn't one in my opinion. I really think that we are they're really banking on you not doing any research right. that's what they're banking on because i think that if you're watching that show then you you a either already know what they're going to say so you're just there for the for the giggles basically um you're either there for that or you're you're honestly wanting their opinion and if you're if you're there for their if you're if you're there for their opinion <laughs> that was weird um then you haven't done your own research. Possibly. Then then, then you're not. Because, like, I mean, maybe I would watch Chris Hayes to see what he's going to say it, but I already know what happened. I'm there because to see how wrong he is on this. Yeah. If that makes sense. And maybe it's because um, maybe some of these media organizations uh, want civil unrest when this thing is over, uh, especially if he gets acquitted. They want riots. They want protests. They want they want their pound of flesh just as much as the people who will be rioting and protesting do. Maybe that could be a possibility. I don't think I don't. I really don't think it's above the media or below whatever how you want to say it that they would intentionally cause um, something like that to happen. Uh, so maybe they're setting up everyone to be disappointed when Kyle, if Kyle gets acquitted on this. Who knows? I don't. But I don't know. 
I, I just, I really, I just, I, I, my life won't end, my world won't shatter if he doesn't get acquitted, but I really want it to happen, <laughs> because I know, because I know, and I know, and I, and I know everyone else knows that he's innocent. Yeah, um, I, it, I guess because we're so, we're so looking forward to him being acquitted, that. We're so looking forward to him being acquitted because we obviously clearly know he is that if he doesn't, it's going to be a shock. And I think that everyone is quickly realizing realizing it. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit. So I think it was the last time we were together, we talked about the vaccine mandates. Is that right? Something last week? like that. Yeah. Something like that, whatever. And I, ha- I think I have been saying uh, something about how the way you get this to stop is when everyone starts to say no. Uh, I think that's absolutely the truth. Whenever whenever you have people in mass saying no, generally things don't always go the other way. Just, you know, I think it's just evidence of that. And something that I see happening in California, where a certain school district announces that they will not comply with the governor's vaccine mandate for students and faculty... Uh, that's how you say no, is when the school board or the, the head of the company or the employees say, we're not complying with this, get over it. Do whatever you can, cut our funding, whatever. The parents don't want it, the kids don't want it, it's the weirdos out there in the media and out there in the uh, in the governor's office and in the White House that want this crap. Um, if you don't like it, tough, get over yourself. We're not complying. That's how you deal with this kind of thing. So with this school uh, district, which is in the Calaveras United School District, announced on Wednesday that they, that they would not be, uh, they would not support, enforce, or comply with the order uh, for the vaccine mandate. This is how it happens. They voted unanimously 5-0 to not support or enforce or comply. So I think everyone should look at this and say, hey, you know what? If the school board in California can say no to this, then so can we. And I don't care where you live. I don't care where you work. I don't care what you do. But we know that it's not going to stop with companies with 100 or more employees. They're going to eventually go down to companies with less than 100 employees. It's going to happen. So either 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 take the fight now, fight now, or you're gonna to have to deal with consequences later because the because the what I see a lot of people saying is that well we'll comply now and fight later. Well, if all you do is comply now, the fight later is gonna be so much harder. The consequences of fighting later on is gonna be so much worse. Because because what they're doing now is well they're going after your kids. If you don't. You know, if you don't get the vaccine, your kids can't play sports. They can't go to school. On down the list of all the things they don't, they they won't let you do, or they won't let you work. They won't let you go see a doctor or go to a sporting event. So now is the easy time to fight, because it's going to be so much worse later on. And this is the point that Tim Pool makes that I have to agree with. And I know a lot of people say, well, you know, it's it's hard because I don't want to lose my job. I don't want my kids to be ostracized. I don't want I don't want all these bad things to happen. Well, I mean, either you stand up and fight it, fight it now, or it's going to be much worse in the future, because we know it's not going to stop here. It never does. 
So, you know, I think I think we all could take a little encourage take the white pill from this from this instance in California, the school district, and apply it to your life now. And I know there's some people that have impossible situations, and I, and I will not I will not condemn anyone who makes a hard decision. But at some point, something has to happen. Well, Tim Pool had that great little rant that he went on and it was going viral and he was saying that um, not to slam anybody because, of course, he would never do that himself And you'd be wrong to. But the argument that, um, that, you know, I have to feed my kids, I have to pay the bills. Yes, it's a, yes, it's a valid argument. But at some point, that is what they've constantly used and it's backed us into this corner where we have this impossible situation now because of many, many, many decades of that sort of mentality. And now, and now look at where we are. Um, this whole thing should have stopped when they said it's just a mask. Because if we all had said no to mask mandates and to the lockdowns, it never would lockdowns. have gotten this far. It, it, all this could have been avoided with the lockdowns if, if companies had, had any stones to them and they said no i'm not shutting i'm not shutting my my business down i'll lose everything and if the world and if if, if america never shut down and none of this happens because because once they shut everything down then they got you and so it's, they 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 got you and this is not monday morning quarterback we said this at the time oh, i i said this back in february of 20 no january of 2020 when it first Hit. we had our first confirmed case i said if you shut the country down, it'll spawn an, an economic depression, which we are seeing right now. And I said it's going to have ramifications that will be felt way longer after the pandemic. It's been and, declared and people, over. And people gave me crap for this. They said, oh, well, we got to protect people. I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm all, for, I'm all for protecting people. But you can't close down the economy. You can't give government Just this shut much down life. power over your life. And not expect there to be major consequences. And I said this way back. I mean, not to not to pat myself on the back or anything, because that's not what I'm about. But I did call this, and I have been against this. There's a tweet that I, I put up, and people were saying that they were willing to to trade, you know, a two week lockdown if that meant that they could have college football, they could have football in the in the spring or in the fall, which they still weren't allowed to go to a lot of those games in the fall. And and I said, do you realize what you're doing right now? Do 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 you really really want a forced lockdown for two weeks of the entire country? Do you really want this? Because 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 honestly, I don't think you do. I don't think you really understand what this is gonna mean. And I I tweeted that back before the lockdowns hit. You can go back and look it up. I I'm pretty sure I've screen screen grabbed it a couple times, but you know I've been against this since the very very beginning, and that's not uh, you know. That's not to uh, give myself any praise. It's just to say I, I've just been consistent. I've been I've been in the forefront. Of Some people are just now waking up and saying, "Hey, maybe, maybe this is a bad idea." And of course, I've Welcome always to the fight. look. I've always said I'm not going to slam dunk. I'm not going to be like, "Well, about time." No, because a lot of people were were hoodwinked on this, and that's that's going to happen because of the nature of the country and the nature of society. You cannot comply yourself out of tyranny. It's just not possible. 
if the founding generation never said no to anything that the, that the crown wanted to do, we wouldn't have America. We wouldn't be where we are today. Was it hard for them to say no? Was it hard for them to stand up against the tyranny from England? Yeah, it was. What is it, like 3% of the population fought in the Revolutionary yeah. War? Yeah, yeah, the 3 percenters. A lot of people, even after the, even after the, the Revolution, were still loyalists. Yeah. They were, they were angry at the Founding Fathers. Imagine because... how they felt when 3% actual patriots who said no to the king, who said no to the tyranny, said no, we have a right to govern ourselves, not from a king 3,000 miles away. Think about how they felt when they went into town or they went, took their kids to the school or took their kids to the marketplace or to church. If anyone looked at them funny or said mean things to them or said, oh, you're just, you're, you're a terrorist or whatever. Think about how they felt. But look at, but look at what, look what happened afterwards. A new country was formed, rights and freedoms. And we, you know, there's, we, we don't, we don't have to get into the whole thing, but you, you, you saw what happened. Now, I'm not saying that if you fight the vaccine mandates and you fight all the other mandates that we're going to be living in, you know, some utopia. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that you live to fight another day because there's a whole host of other things that they want to do as well. So, uh, but if you don't, if you don't, at some point you got to say no. That's basically what we're saying. At some point you got to say no. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not, Jacob, but gas prices in California are skyrocketing. It's a little bit, it's a little, it's a little crazy. Just absolutely, it's not just a little crazy, it's absolutely crazy. Uh, in California, which, uh, why anybody would still live in that dreadful place, I don't know. <laughs> but ca- in gas prices in California, um, the price for gas for just regular, old, regular, regular old, regular gasoline, unleaded, unleaded. What about what about leaded gas? I don't think they do that. Is that anymore. extra? I think, I think it's a little dangerous. Is that extra? Yeah. So, the uh, statewide average. Guess how much it is, Jacob? Pretty. Uh, what eight bucks a gallon? Uh, not 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 that much, but it's it's uh, four dollars and sixty eight cents a gallon. I mean, I was seeing some things as high as four dollars. Now that's the average price for the state. Now I'm sure in some areas it's much higher, but four dollars and six cents, four dollars sixty eight cents a gallon. Now if you look at Georgia, which is still is fairly low, it's three dollars and twenty five cents a gallon, which is still high. But you know the best state to live in, I think, is Oklahoma. It's still it's two ninety nine, which is still a lot, but it's only two ninety nine. And you're probably thinking, oh, what you know is this the inflation causing this? Well, yeah, it is. There's also a problem I also hear is that there's uh, one one of the four refineries had closed, and that's also causing problems as well. So I'm not saying that that's the sole problem, but that doesn't help either. But the idea that that Americans would that middle class Americans would never be taxed again, um, or that they not had their taxes raised like a Biden promised, that turns out to be a lie because they aren't going to raise taxes. But we're also feeling the invisible tax that's very visible in the pot in everyone's pocketbook of inflation because we're seeing it at the gas pump, we're seeing it at grocery stores. Uh, not only are prices going up, but there's less and less available in certain places. Now I haven't seen the shortages. Um, in our local grocery stores, but I know they're happening because you can see it. People are posting pictures or talking about it on the internets and on the Tweety. So you know it's happening. 
But the place where everyone feels it is at the pump, at the gas pump. So the national average right now for regular, this is nationwide, is $3.41. That's the average. Do you know where we were a year ago? $2.16. So it's gone up over a dollar in just a year. Now, I'm not saying that you know that everything was much better under Trump because it wasn't. But at the same time, you can't look at this and say, oh, well, we're, we're so much better off because of Biden. Now, if we look at where we were in um, 2008, at this time, same time in 2008, guess how much gas prices were then, Jacob? What, this time in 2008? Yeah. What, below, th- below three the bucks a gallon? No. It was $4.11 nationwide average. That was the highest ever recorded price. So we're slowly inching our way up towards that price again. And at that time as well, for all the truckers out there, the gas was, or diesel was $4.84 a gallon, which drove a lot of truckers out of business uh, because we happened to know one. Um, again, as well, the current average price for diesel right now is $3.64 a gallon. That's the current average. But I can also tell you, though, I've seen prices here locally of almost $4, at $4 or a little bit higher than that yeah. for diesel. Which, again, you talk about problems with inflation and gas going up. We talk about problems with uh, products not getting to shelves. If the price of diesel continues to go up, you're going to see less stuff on the shelf because it's going to cost more and more and more uh, for stuff to get there. So if the di- if the price of diesel is high, then the price of everything else goes up as well. Because, again, if the trucks are having to pay more for diesel – that puts their costs up. They can't drive as far. They have to charge. They have to charge higher prices for, for delivering foods and for delivering products and stuff. So that makes everything more expensive. So, and again, this isn't all Biden's fault. This isn't all Trump's fault. It's all of their fault. <laughs> um, so again, if you want to say, what's the solution to this? Well, first of all, there isn't one because the money's out there. I mean. The inflation's out there. There's really no way that you can do anything about it. But I guess you can buy gold. You can buy crypto. You can do that kind of stuff. Um, you can start buying emergency food if you think that's necessary. You can do that kind of stuff. If you think it's necessary, I'm not going to say you should or you shouldn't. That's up to you. Um, but then again, the problem goes back to uh, when you have a unrestrained money monetary policy of just printing more money because we got to get through this COVID thing again <laughs> again this is gonna the repercussions of COVID and the lockdowns and the printing of money is gonna last way longer than the virus ever will so anyway um let's see do you have anything else you want to mention Jacob um about the gas the gas situation uh it's, it's a little messy out there I, I um I was it's a little anecdotal evidence, but I did go out to Walmart the other day, and you know if you're going out, if you're going out to Walmart these days, uh, God bless you. Good luck. Uh, good luck out there. But I went out to Walmart, and you know the memes where you go to supermarkets and you see there's like not a lot of stuff on the shelf. That was our Walmart. Like there was a especially food. I mean, other stuff they have other things, other merchandise is pretty well stocked, but food, man, it was sparse. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't quite as bad as some of the more drastic ones that trend on Twitter and stuff, but 
It was it was it was rough, man. I went to the freezer section and it was half gone. Half gone. Was this on Sunday yesterday? No, no, this is a, about two or three weeks ago oh, I went. Okay. Um it was a little rough, definitely. And uh so I mean I I've seen it firsthand. So yeah. I know it's I know it's happening you know, and I know it's not just in some of these these other parts of the America. You know, you mentioned Walmart and this happened to us last night. Um we, I, I've been wanting a G-Shock, which is a, a watch made, you know, they're virtually indestructible, and you can buy them at Walmart. And so we went to Walmart uh, last night after dinner, and um, I, I noticed I wanted to see if they had them there, and they did. And I was over at the jewelry section, and they were in the display case, but you had to get someone to unlock it. So I found the one I wanted, and, you know, I was like, oh, okay, that's all right. And, of course... Walmart being Walmart, there was no one there at the jewelry stand to, you know, help anybody with anything. So Just because of course. So I uh so I, I asked an associate, hey, who, who was walking by, I said, Hey, can you help me here? And she's like, Oh, we need someone to has the key. And I said, Oh, okay. She gets on the intercom and she calls someone, Hey, can you help someone out here at the jewelry stand? And I was like, Oh, thank you for your help. Ten minutes goes by, no one shows up. I go and ask another associate. He gets on the intercom call someone over to the jewelry section we wait i don't know another five or six minutes no one comes by we ask a third associate for help and uh she gets in the intercom no one comes finally this lady comes over and she says oh i heard you on the intercom you need help i said yes i need you to help me with this and she says well oh well i don't have the key then why did you come so she says, well, let me go get a manager who might be able to help us. And I thought, okay. So in totality, we I've waited, I don't know, about 20 minutes now. And five different people have still not been able to help me. Finally, an associate comes with the keys. Turns out they're the wrong keys. So she has to go back to wherever she went to go get the keys. She comes back and... Um, finally gets the thing open and I, i'm standing there the whole time saying i'm trying to give you my money stop <laughs> making this so hard <laughs> like seriously i'm trying to give you my money why are you making this so hard and it wasn't until uh wasn't until after i made the purchase that uh, i guess some manager came over and started asking her why i it took her so long to respond and i'm like i don't want to get anybody in trouble you know, I did wait like 25 minutes for this, and, you know, it's just a little ridiculous. And, of course, they didn't hear me or whatever. But I was like, yeah, 25 minutes just to come unlock the thing. Now, now Walmart, is it's very well known that Walmart is, a when it comes to customer service, is pretty garbage. But I, I felt it firsthand because I'm standing there trying to give you my money. Why are you making this so hard? So... You know, Walmart, you got to step it up a little bit, okay? You you guys make way too much money every year not to have some decent customer service. So, you know, uh, get with the program, please. <laughs> yeah, it was unacceptable. But anyway, uh, let's end it on that rant, uh, anti-Walmart rant that it was, the beautifulness of it. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be back, or Jacob will be back on Friday with the show, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back on Monday with the show with both of us, and uh, it'll be great. So, uh, so yeah. So thanks for listening, everyone. Again, check out the Substack that Jacob's going to be on there more often now that he's going to be nuking his social media. So be sure to check that crap out. Um, uh, let's see, the Substack. Oh, yeah, buy buy some merch if you want to. Go on the website, 
join the website. If you like what you if you like what you hear and hear, that was bad. If you like what yeah, you hear on here, um, join the website. Send us some money a month on the Patreon. That we greatly appreciate that. Um, I would say follow us on Twitter, but we're not on Twitter. <laughs> oh, I mean, I mean, you can. So I mean, uh, like, my Twitter is still there. You can go back and read my old tweets. But why would you follow a, a dead account? It's not gonna be dead. I mean, there'll be still be tweets that you can go back and read, like a book. Yeah, like a book, like a memoir, like a digital memoir of the thoughts of Jacob. Anyway, so uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back again soon. Uh, yeah, bye.